Welcome to the GrassCast, the host of your show, Quab and Sean. Game on. Welcome to the GrassCast, the show about games, life, and everything in between. I'm Sean. And I'm Quab. And today on the show, we have our guest, Justin Melville. Uh, Justin and I met uh, early on in our high school days. Uh, go Vincent Massey. Um, he now lives in... <laughs> Don't don't laugh. I, no, no. I just usually they say the mascot, but you said the. Oh, <laughs> continue. <laughs> no, yeah. God, I'm just gonna edit it in here. Go Mustangs, and <laughs> smooth. I uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, Justin now lives in Yellowknife, and he works as a network surveillance and operations, uh, which I'm sure we'll probably get into. But yeah. Uh, yeah, Justin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Great. Um, but before we begin, uh, we've got to face off in the ultimate challenge. Yes. Quab, yes. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Are you, are you willing to admit defeat? Uh, I always am. I'm a gracious player. Um, yeah. So let's just do this thing and we'll see what happens. Okay. All right. So we're... Why, are you, why are you so defensive? <laughs> we're doing, they're doing the three and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're not saying Mississauga or anything, right? No, no, no. We're just doing just it. Just three and. All right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ready? One. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One, one, two, two, three, three, white scissors. I, I, I said scissors, but I, I put down a paper. Okay. My, my mouth said scissors. <laughs> my hand said paper. Justin, you're the judge. Does that count? Do I win or do we go again? Go again. <laughs> Rude. All right. It's fine. I see how it is. I That's see how fair. It is. That's fair. All right. okay. It's not fair, but it's fine. <laughs> All right. Ready? Ready? All right. One. one. Two, three, three, rock. All right, let's. I think we have. Why are it. you we can, going? We so can count slow. fast. Why are you okay. going? So I'm matching. Because you're going slow. I'm, I'm watching, watching your energy. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. This Ready? one. Maybe we should say Mississauga. It's fine. It's fine. Let's just feel it out. Let's just feel. It. This is a great okay. content. All right. All right. All right. Ready? One. One. Two. Two. Three. three rock. I had a rock. I just was getting tripped up. This is this is the worst <laughs> favorites is a rock we've ever done. <laughs> All right, real quick, real quick. Let's go. Let's okay, go. Let's okay, go. okay, okay, okay. How about Sean? We're gonna do a practice one, and we're both gonna say rock. Okay, let's get the timing. Uh, no, no, no practice. Let's just go. Real thing. Let's go. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. I'll say it. I'll do it. Let's go. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Ready? All right. Yep. One. One. Two. two three. Three. Paper. Scissors. Okay. Fine. Fine. That's good. <laughs> Clear cut. I had scissors. I said scissors. You had mm-hmm. paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a battle. Justin. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. What did you, know, you we hear? Have a... Did you hear a clear indication of my choice and then a clear indication of Sean's choice, or was it fair? Did you hear him at the same time? It was fair. Okay. All right. Wow. I understand Ca- Justin's Colin, bias. Colin strikes and balls. Yeah. Just very... <laughs> That's fine. I understand where your loyalties lie. I understand. Uh, I hope <laughs> to a... win your loyalty away from Sean <laughs> over the next hour. I'll uh, mail you the money later. <laughs> uh, okay. So, Justin, um, first question we, we usually like to ask is uh, what is like the first game that you ever played? Remember playing? doesn't have to be a video game can be anything but like what's the first like conscious memory you have of a game it's your first game you played uh number munchers 
Number munchers. What was number? What's number munchers? It's an old, uh, an old game for uh, computer where okay. you uh, used to go around and do math problems. Uh-huh. You used to gobble up the right answers, and then it would, <laughs> you know, progressively get faster. And there were these little. It was kind of like Pac-Man, but with okay. math. Right. And then, yeah, kind of old games on uh, an old two eighty six that I used to play. <laughs> uh, used to load them through DOS and. Right. It was a vampire game. I don't even remember the name of that. I think it was like Night Hunter or something. Oh wow! Um, there's a whole suite of them. I played like there. Then the, the restricted game was Leisure Suit Larry. <laughs> yes. Why? I don't know if we've ever <laughs> talked about Leisure Suit Larry, but no. what? A... It used to ask you all kinds of questions when you tried to log in. Yeah. And it was trying to prove how old you were, <laughs> but the questions, the answers would never change, and it would never lock you out. So you could just try to like access right. the game multiple times, and then eventually you would get in just by memorizing the right answer. Was it multiple choice, or was it, it was like multiple choice? Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you, are you looking up number munches right now? Yeah, no, I looked up number munches. It looked pretty dope. Do you have uh do you play any of these old games now? Do you have like a DOS emulator? Have you tried to play the old no, games? No, no, not not anymore. I haven't found any emulators that, that really work really well. I don't the experience mm-hmm. of it on on when you're like five years old is completely different than when you're thirty years old. Yes. Number munchers doesn't age well, I'm guessing. No. Uh I mean, <laughs> yeah, the graphics are <laughs> They're pretty cool. Like the rendering of these munchers, I'm guessing, are, are they're pretty dope uh, for for the time. Maybe we can remake it for mobile one day. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm sure it's out there. I'll I'll be on it. <laughs> so, uh, what was the last or most recent game that you've been playing? Uh, the last game that I've been playing was Destiny Two, but that was only briefly for uh, Xbox. Um, my my most current addiction or recent addiction was Dota Two um oh, okay but uh i stopped playing that because there were some anger management issues with that game <laughs> i just couldn't do it anymore it was yep, yeah. really too much stress in my life yeah <laughs> i played it for a long time like i've played playing dota for over 10 years wow i played oh, wow. it since the original back with the warcraft 3 uh, map nice. and uh and so it was great you know going through the whole experience of it being revamped and updated and stuff like that but I find just with any MOBA in general, the the community mm-hmm. is so toxic. Mm-hmm. It's just it makes it makes the game almost unplayable. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not somebody who reports other people. I'll just you know respond to them in kind. Right. And so <laughs> so I end up getting disproportionately flagged. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair. Mm-hmm. A lot of the problems that I have with the game aren't so much just the community. It's it's the fact that the the game creators have in- implemented all of these penalties and ways to punish you for playing the game that right. it makes it unenjoyable to some extent where um, there's almost like a persistent feedback loop. So when when mm. you, you get put into games at some point, you get a behavior score now. There's like a oh, behavior okay. score that they give you. And what they end up doing is they try to pull all the people with lower behavior scores in, into the same group in yeah. queue. And, and as a result of that, what you end up having is all these toxic people are getting thrown in with other toxic people. Mm-hmm. And then even people that are like borderline get put into that group. And it just kind of to get to dig yourself out of that while you're playing with those kinds of people becomes mm-hmm. increasingly challenging. It really tests your patience. <laughs> That's fascinating. Okay, so and yeah, you'd think that they could just do something where, it, you know, 
Uh, you can avoid specific players where you'll never encounter that player again, or, you know, just basically mute the people, block the people. And that would be sufficient because, you know, if you, if you really don't like what someone's saying, uh, you should just be able to mute them and ignore them. Uh, I really don't understand the, the uh, reporting function because mm -hmm. it, what it does is it, it really disproportionately affects solo gamers mm -hmm. where you'll end up going into a group with uh, four other players that are on a team. And then, you know, they don't like you for whatever reason and mm -hmm. they'll just report you. And then, you know, that happens a couple times and you would, you would think that the algorithm would be able to determine that those teams are pre <laughs> predefined and that it's disproportionately right. affecting you as a solo player, but hmm. they don't. And so, you know, you get you get these situations where the solo player kind of gets knocked around by team players a lot. Hmm. So not not in good faith. Okay, so I I'm not that familiar with MOBAs, but like, so as a solo hmm. player, are you saying you could be on the same team as a bunch of other people who are going to flag? Right, you? unless you're playing okay. ranked, in which case you have to put your phone number in to prove you're not you're not wow. you know multi accounting smurfing as your friend <laughs> might like doing owning noobs. Uh, you know, playing on a lower tiered account to pretend that you're somebody that you're not so you can right. meet people that are that are well below your skill cap okay mm -hmm. huh. okay it's got me thinking like in terms of what what would be a better system like justin you're saying yeah like if you could just mute the folks that'd be great mm -hmm. um but yeah i think any system with like a i don't know a karma system it can be abused um mm. like if, if everything is not in good faith and you don't have any I don't think you can like, is there any uh, way you could like dispute it or anything and be like, Hey, well, this no, is... not really. There's, there's yeah. no recourse, at least in, yeah. at least in a free MOBA. I mean, there, there may yeah. be some recourse in it, but it, it just, as with anything, I feel like as things transition more to uh, online or subscription based services, there's very little uh, customer support anymore yeah. for anything. Yeah. And mm. so, you know, some things that they, I figured that they could do, is that uh, toxic teams, because individual players may be fine on their own, mm -hmm. but you know when they get with a group of their friends, they start acting or behaving in a way that's not really constructive to the, to the team ecosystem. So, you know, whereas assigning a, assigning a player, a player group or team uh, a rating as in addition to an, their individual player rating would make sense. Um, so that they know, like when those group of people and four of them combine together, they become you know, intolerable and <laughs> mm -hmm. they become really terrible to the community and it could, mm -hmm. it could, you know, move them around as necessary to, to play with other people that may be more tolerant of that kind of behavior. That may, may be more passive, not as independent because I mean, every team is different, right? Yeah. Uh, for me, mm -hmm. teams that teams that don't really want to work with you or take any input at all. And they just think that they know everything are mm. the problem. Whereas, you know, mm -hmm. some other people, um, may not like teams that don't take initiative or those kinds of things. That, there's all kinds of things that mm -hmm. determine what an individual player, a solo player might like, uh, might not mind playing with. And to put them with that kind of team would, would be better. But ultimately, I, I think it comes down to just avoiding the players that you don't want to play with. And part of the problem, the, the second issue with, with Dota is that it does force you to finish out the entirety of a game with that team, right? So uh, I understand penalizing people for just, you know, rage quitting games and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the other end of it is, you know, you get stuck in this game with this toxic group of people and you may be, you may be in that game for another 50 minutes. 
And so you're just stuck dealing with this for 50 minutes, knowing that if you leave, you're going to get penalized. But even though these guys can be, you know, completely ignoring you, not playing the game, just throwing the game entirely, you're, you're just basically stuck in this game that is not fun or enjoyable to play. Hmm. And, and then, you know, if you don't play it to their liking, they may report you. So Mm. it's, there's just all kinds of problems with, with Mm -hmm. committing people to the game and not allowing them to leave the game. I understand that it ruins the gaming experience and for ranked games that may make sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Like in for solo queue and non-ranked games, I don't really see the problem with people leaving a game. And some people will disagree with that because they'll say it ruins it. But for Mm -hmm. an unranked game, um, it really is irrelevant. You can just queue for another one. I don't know. It it kind of, it's, it's not quite, analogous to like facebook and its difficulties it's, like creating groups and stuff like that but there is like some no, crossover. i, I will say it, it's the same like i haven't finished the book but there's a book called weapons of math destruction that's mm-hmm. all about kind of like algorithms gone wild kind of thing mm-hmm. where uh yeah they all have the intention of you know keeping jerks to the side or whatever any or even like think of like google uh like seo like mm-hmm. that is people who study the system and understand what the rules are and game the system to have right. their websites appear uh like um yeah have better rank uh on the results and like you, any algorithm i think once you learn how it's kind of working can be gamed mm-hmm. right. um yeah and it has like noble goals i think but yeah like i think you're you're kind of the casualty here mm-hmm. um and and it seems like and that's another thing with algorithms where it accelerates if there's mm-hmm. something that's wrong there's an acceleration of the bad behavior or the yeah i don't know just they're very mm-hmm. powerful and they're they don't have to answer to anyone so it's also right. really really bad so justin would you consider yourself a gamer then and how do you kind of feel about that that tag and like gaming culture and things like that I probably would, but to a lesser extent anymore. I've I've kind of changed my priorities over the last few years. Um, mostly trying to develop my my financial situation and accumulate property and stuff like that. I find that I have less time for games now. Um, but uh, it's it's certainly something I enjoy doing in my downtime. It's not uh, it's, it's 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 always going to be with me. I'm pretty sure. Do you consider now like real estate and, and that, that other aspect of your life still, do you see the gaminess in it? Like, do you feel like some of those skills translate over to now the, these more adult situations or do you, <laughs> is there, is there a disconnect? Like you don't see the. Um, I'm sure there. there's, there are some parallels there. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, coming down to just to the, the numbers game and, and how you mm-hmm. can max min things that there, yeah. there is that element to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the skills are non-transferable. I say the, oh. the most, the most beneficial skills that I have, um, outside of, of trying to make things more efficient are more hands-on skills, like being able to mm-hmm. renovate or do things yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, that does fall into minimizing your costs, but the more you can, the more you can do yourself, the, the better you can, the better profits you can generate in the end. Did you have a lot of land parties growing up? And if so, do you have a favorite land party experience? I had a few. Um, I'd say my favorite was a uh, long time ago, though, with uh, Age of Empires 2. Nice. We used to play some RTS uh, without either Warcraft 2 or Age of Empires 2 back in the day, and that was a lot of fun. I didn't, I didn't get an opportunity to do that because 
um, my house was always, I mean, we had a computer really early, I'd say earlier than most kids that I knew. Mm. But mm -hmm. when it came to internet connectivity, I was always um, a little bit further behind and even like networking and stuff like that, like land parties, that was, I was further behind in that because it wasn't something that was really prioritized in my household. And right. I would say I was more of a console gamer. So hmm. I used to, have, my buddy, uh, when I grew up, uh, Stephen uh, used to go to his place and he, he had that whole setup there. And that was really the only opportunity I had to do land parties. And mm -hmm. So, you know, we would, we would do it there. And, and that was, that was it. So it wasn't a, a regular occurrence, but it, it happened occasionally. Um, do you have any uh, like really awesome epic or terrible experiences with games? It sounds like <clears throat> you may have had a few with Dota, but is there is there an instance you remember like a like a rage quit or an epic win or something that like kind of sticks in your head? Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't say that I don't I don't know how you want to classify it, but there. Uh -huh. The predecessor to Pokemon Go, which was uh, called Ingress. Uh -huh. Yeah, we've cool. talked about it. So I had a whole experience with that game nice. that kind of changed my whole outlook on everything. Okay, which was which was pretty interesting. I'm I'm, so in. I'm listening. <laughs> in it, in its simplified form, the game was like a, a glorified geocaching slash capture the flag. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where you would, I mean, everyone's familiar with Pokemon Go, and it was similar, but in this regard, you could you could go to travel to different points mm -hmm. and you could actively link those two points. And they, in what it did was they populated points of interest from um, Flickr, I believe, and a few other, a few other like uh, uh, geo-based photo systems where it would I'd try and identify points of interest that were unique, interesting, that someone would want to visit mm -hmm. so that over the course of you, you know, opening your phone, uh, phone game up uh, and it would give you an overlay of Google Maps where you could physically travel to these places and interact with them. And uh, you could, you know, travel to another place, interact with that one. And what you would do is you would get keys from these, mm -hmm. these little uh, portals is what they called them. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you link three of them together, uh, it ends up covering the entire surface area underneath it. And it and basically stops the other faction. There's two factions mm -hmm. from, from joining uh, different portals or, or intersecting or, Right. running any type of link through that. And so my first experience with that game was um, I actually actually cheated when that first game, that game first came out. <laughs> uh -huh. um, I, uh, I ended up getting a fake GPS and finding the, the highest uh, level portals in the, in the world, and, which ended up being in uh, San Francisco on Market Street. Oh, okay. So, so I hacked those portals and then I would get all these resources yeah. and then I would find the most densely populated areas with these portals uh -huh. to go and destroy them, which was the easiest way to get points. Uh -huh. And so I would travel over to uh, like Paris and Dublin and just like level their whole cities. Oh, and great. It, it ended up being that uh, there was actually a Google forum because Niantic was actually owned by Google. At the yeah. Time. It was a kind of a, yeah project under google yeah, like a yeah. 20 so, or whatever project yeah so mm -hmm. then they they ended up being on a google forum and people were complaining about my username <laughs> just destroying their city and then someone oh, was like you know great. oh you saw him like 10 minutes ago in dublin <laughs> and they, they were mad um so i ended up getting an email that they were investigating my account this was this was all within a, a week and a half like i was the i was the first level eight player in the world <laughs> wow <laughs> Wait, what <laughs> 
And ah, so you're making ingress history. Damn. That, it, it was, yeah, it was pretty fun. And, yeah. uh, so we I blew everything up. I got to level eight. And when you had level eight, like you had like the ultimate power. And so I got this email, they said, we're investigating your account. And I didn't even bother to deny it. I just emailed them back. I'm like, well, I was definitely doing that. <laughs> what's so what's the what's the solution here like what do i need to do and they're like well we're going to reset your account and then you'll have to start over with a new user wow of course okay <laughs> fair enough but I, I understood the game a lot better and in and all all in all the, the experience and being able to do that at the time really helped my learning curve mm-hmm. and so i was able to uh to use that to level up really quick and when i started traveling around to these local portals um, I ended up running into opposing team members mm. at the same time, which yeah. was kind of the cool aspect. Yes. Right? You ended yeah. up running into other people mm-hmm. and you'd meet them and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then you'd kind of develop these relationships with people on your team and you'd all go out as a group. It would encourage you to see different places. Um, and it was just a lot of fun. And the game ended up being fun for a while. And then it, it got a really huge user base and it actually used Google plus kind of as a backbone for communications. Yeah. And so it did get Google plus a lot of traffic and uh, communities started developing there. Um, I ended up being heavily in, involved with the, the uh, faction in Detroit, nice. which caused me to travel over there. Oh, wow. um, I ended up dating someone because of this. Whoa. Uh, it, it, was, it was the whole thing was just wild. And I was kind of, in this like upper echelon of the, the community just yeah. being in so early yeah. because you couldn't, you had to get an invite in the beginning. It was hmm. really difficult to get in. Whoa. I know that. Um, and we did all kinds of fun stuff. We'd go raid other towns, stuff like that. We'd mm-hmm. drive to Wisconsin and, you know, mess up their town there. Yeah. Um, and then what ended up happening is that it seemed like the game creators ended up having a bit of a narrative with where they were going with the game. Mm where Hmm. they were trying to make the game more of a story and sell that story. And it became clear at some point that they were, they weren't invested in, in the game of Ingress for what it was. They were invested in how they could use this game or the, the skeleton of it to create something else. And so they, uh, they did some questionable, they made some questionable decisions with the community where, you know, people would travel hundreds of miles, they would pay for hotels and all this stuff. And then they would, they would give necessarily ambiguous rules to these, to these like meetings that they would have, they Mm -hmm. would do formal events. And then they would, they would try to host these events in an area that was heavily populated by one, one faction to try and make sure that that side won. Okay. Mm. they really didn't factor in the, the travel aspect to it. So their second event, um, we got all of the members from the Detroit resistance and Windsor resistance to go to Wisconsin. Mm. Everybody on everybody after that event was, had concluded, assumed that we had won. And then, you know, nine to completely reverse that decision when the other faction really only won one interval out of five. Yeah. And it was a, it was a huge, <laughs> demoralizing event for everybody having spent all that money and you know put that much effort and then have to have it flip for for some type of technicality that wasn't even clear and uh so then i started looking at ways to kind of game the system (laughs) 
and I never, I never actually shook that cheating mm-hmm. um, portion of the game, mm-hmm. um, where you know people would accuse me of cheating even when I wasn't for the longest time. All right. And the community continued to develop. Where this was a whole, this is a whole global community. Like this was people from all over the world. They were, they were using this as a couch surfing, surfing tool. Like people would just meet people from different countries oh, wow. and host them. Like it was, it was wild. And what ended up happening though is that this this community ended up turning into almost like a hierarchy and Mm. to to me the the biggest the worst part about that is that i had to see that almost almost every community that develops a hierarchy turns into what i would consider a government Mm -hmm. yeah where the people at the top no longer want to represent the people at the bottom and Niantic started giving preferential treatment to, to to those of us that were at the top. And I never felt comfortable with that. And I would always try to share information and they would they would make it clear that, you know, some information they don't want to be trickled down to people. And huh. I never much cared for that type of behavior. So I would I would always try to keep our group in the know as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, it just became a really, it was it was kind of a divided community at that point where you, where you feel like you're up against these people who are more concerned about their clout within the community mm-hmm. than actually playing as a team or you know being being a community anymore. It just it became a government system where those at the top uh, thought that they were entitled to things and they would never question any of the actions performed by Niantic that were against the community because they mm-hmm. were getting this preferential treatment. And so when you're getting that preferential treatment, it's, it's addictive and you don't want to lose it. And, you know, you'll suck up to them um, to get, to get your treatment, your preferential treatment. Do you have like an example so, of like preferential treatment? Oh, yeah. like... they, would, I mean, they would give them item codes. There were, there were, there were passcodes that you would get. Okay. To, to get like items dropped into your account and stuff like oh. that. And these were typically given out as um, like rewards for attending events yeah. or something like that. But then, and then it really just devolved into people at the top were this, were the, were the ones that were delegated with giving these things out. Oh, so we, start, we start giving these people these cards and these passcodes and stuff like that. And they would raise their profile within the community. Yeah. And then, you know, if they felt that you were against their narrative, they would um, they would withhold these things from you or, you know, they would stop giving them to you. Hmm. And so in, in one sense, you're the you're the bearer of all these these fruits that you could give out to people and give them codes and stuff like that. And then or you are you're made to feel good or feel, feel popular in the community like th- that. Hmm. That was another another problem. There was there was one woman that I had worked with a lot and she really went into a a downward spiral over this game where she was uh she was throwing herself into like debt by i, I want to say a couple hundred thousand dollars oh, no. um and she was hiding it from her husband oh, you know no. driving all over the place booking hotels and her goal was to get a job with niantic uh-huh. and you know she always felt that getting a job with niantic would solve all her woes and, and so this was an investment in her eyes and, right. you know they so they they willingly used her hmm. as a you know a, a project coordinator. They would have they would give her these events to host, and they would you know raise raise her up within the community. Mm-hmm. And she did end up getting some type of 
role with them, but it was a very temporary thing. But I mean, she was just, she became completely unstable at some point where she was just addicted to the social media portion where it it consumed her. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, you could go out and and really enjoy like seeing statues or just, you know, um, this little, uh, like the Heidelberg project in Detroit or mm-hmm. all these Points of interest. interesting little yeah. places that most people yeah. don't know about. Right. And it came to the point where she was ultimately on her phone all the time, everywhere you went, mm. you know, it was, it was, the, it was an addiction. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, the game kind of, the game kind of lost its luster mm-hmm. and yeah. I ended up in a bit of a, an active war with Niantic at one point <laughs> where um, yeah, John Hankey. So John Hankey is the uh, the CEO of Niantic. And okay. I don't know if he is anymore, but he was. Yeah. And what what he uh, did was he actually sold Keyhole to Google, which later became Google Earth. Okay. And so this is this is where Niantic came, came from. He right. so he was given this project to kind of run within Google. Mm-hmm. And the understanding was that maybe Google was going to you know develop a game, and they but that never happened, and they branched out on their own. But John Hankey has uh, tendencies, and now this is this is a lot of uh, information from behind the scenes of Ingress. Okay. Where um, is there a book? Would, is there a documentary or movie? This sounds we're amazing. we're we're getting no, it right it, now. We're getting was, the oral this history. This is an experience. Like this was like two or three years of my life. Yeah, yeah, wild. yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. He uh, so there was all kinds of internal drama with Niantic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where with with respect to this, these preferential treatment, um, there were accusations of like uh, surreptitious things happening, like in the in the company vehicle that would drive around. And John Hankey at one point um, ended up telling people, and this is what I was told at least, that if you apologize, you will no longer be with the company. Basically, oh. if, if you apologize to the community for what we've done, mm. you will be fired. Yeah. Okay. And, and it became very apparent that that was how he viewed things because from, from his perspective, his goal is to make this into a marketable product, right? Mm-hmm. He wants to um, put this out there and see who, who's willing to incorporate their, their ecosystem into this. And it ended up being going, they ended up going and investing heavily in Japan, which ended up turning into Nintendo and Pokemon, and and, and that's how it kind of the relationship developed. Right. Um, because this was, like I said, it was a whole global thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but he, uh, he he took a very different approach. It was all about marketing, all about money, and the the core aspects of the game that I felt like I felt that Ingress was a great game in and of itself. Mm-hmm. It didn't need. Um, to have some other project didn't need to be sold Mm -hmm. and to me that was obvious but to him it was not and so they they ended up ignoring a lot of the requests from the player base where they would ignore a lot of things and and, you know they would have a a, they had a strong community that had very good suggestions how to improve the game how to Mm -hmm. make it better Mm -hmm. and they they rarely took after them Mm. And uh, one of the primary conflicts that I had with them was uh, that they would allow these portals to be created on military bases or other access-restricted areas. And so um, this came to bear near the end of my Ingress gaming experience (laughs) where 
um, in the beginning, we, we uh, tried to book a little boat out to the Chicago uh, Harbor Light. Nice. Wow. So we, we booked a, a boat out to the Chicago Harbor Light, mm-hmm. and we this was the last day of the season where the boats would no longer be running. Yeah. 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 And so we went out there, and we captured this portal that's, like, way offshore where nobody can actually get to anymore. Mm-hmm. And the idea was we were going to make a big field and, you know, link it all over Michigan. So cover into all of Michigan with this field. And, yeah. and the timing had to be perfect, and, right? It's, okay. Yes. Okay. And it was, it cost hundreds of dollars to rent this charter, this boat. Oh, it was like $600 wow. or something. Right. So we had fun. We came back and the day we get back in Windsor, somebody spoofs out there and blows the portal up. Sorry for, so, for, for uh, uh, some of our audience spoofing means like the GPS faking and stuff like that. Right. Right, yeah. He they 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 GPS spoofed out there, and they they took the portal and made basically it became unusable. Mm. Now we were prepared for this. Okay, we had cameras on that site twenty four seven. We had yes, we, we were prepared. How did so, you get a camera? We, How did you get a camera? Like a GoPro? We well, we had the network in in uh, in the Chicago, right? So they would have the, the the Harbor Lighthouse was off the coast of Chicago. Okay. And so, like, we had cameras trained on that location 24-7. And we matched the timestamps that are, because you would get a notification when your, your items were destroyed. Uh-huh. So we had them pull back the, the surveillance on that site wow. to prove that that was not happening. <laughs> and there was, so we developed this whole report, and we submitted it to Niantic to have them reverse it. And uh, they... They refused. They ultimately they said, "No, we're not going to put your stuff back." And so I was mad, like I was, understandably I was really, so, really angry about this. Yeah. So I thought about it, and I'm like, "There's there's two reasons that this could be the case." And you know, they're they're naturally very mom about anything about the inner workings of how their game yeah. is. You kind of you kind of have to figure it out. And so to me, I thought either a they just don't want to because they don't want to set a precedent, or b they, they actually can't. They, they don't have the technical capabilities mm. to re-implement mm. our devices back onto that portal and destroy the other one. Mm-hmm. And so they could. what they did was they ended up deleting the player because they needed mm. spoofs. So that, but the, the right. portal was then grayed out and, and not accessible to anyone at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but they could not... I, I then tested to see, did they... Um, were they unable to put portal uh, resonators back on this portal. So what I did was um, I thought about it and I figured there, there's another mechanic that's kind of important to this. So there is, there's an item that they introduced in the game that allowed you to flip the portal. Okay. From one faction to the other. Okay. And this had, this served at different purposes strategically, but in its essence, that was the simplest portion of the mechanic. Mm-hmm. And so whenever you did this, there were there were uh, mascots for each faction. One of them was Ada, which was a detection algorithm. It was supposed to be an AI, mm-hmm. and the other one was Jarvis. Okay, this is supposed to be a um, an alien being, let's say, mm-hmm. that's enlightened. And so, whenever you flip the portal, all of the items on that portal would default to that name. Mm-hmm. And so, my thought process at this point is that if I were to do that, then they could not simply wipe the account out to get rid of them because in my eyes, they didn't have the ability to, to, to delete individual resonators. Right. Okay. 
they had to delete the whole profile. So if, if I made it so that it was one of those faction mascots, it would be impervious. Okay. So some Ender's Game I, shit right here. <laughs> yes. So I immediately, this is the first time that I that I spoofed after the original encounter because, as far as I'm concerned, all's fair in this case. <laughs> I spoofed back to that site with a new account, and I created I made the account with the other team. So I made the portal up with the other team, mm-hmm. and then I flipped it to blue. Okay. Okay. And so now all the all the uh, blue parts of the portal say Ada, and it sat there for probably a week while they were trying to figure out what to do because they couldn't destroy it. Mm. And and so this kind of proved to me that they couldn't actually de- in- intervene with individual things, which made it made me feel better a little bit about you know them not acting in the first place. Mm-hmm. But but you know now I knew what the mechanic was and how it worked, and. I was satisfied because basically everything was reverted back to how it was. And what they eventually did was they moved the location of the portal itself right next to the the Navy pier Mm -hmm. in Chicago. So people could then walk right up to it and blow it up. Okay. So they walked to it and they blew it up. And then right after that happened, Niantic moved the portal right back out into the middle of the water where it was. Oh, that's shady. (laughs) Okay. So this, so this was a, you know, a back and forth between me and them. (laughs) And, and so I, I saw that and I'm like, well, you know, this is, this is a pointless battle. I understand how things work now. And, and, uh, I really stopped playing their game. And anytime I got information, I would, you know, just share everything with, with our teammates and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And, uh, so I kind of became a thorn in their side. And Mm -hmm. then we ended up going to an event in Wisconsin yet again. And when we went to this event, we ended up losing because this big field got thrown up over us. And I'm like, no, that's fine. You know, we hung out afterwards and everything was, Mm -hmm. was good. And at about, uh, you know, 11 PM, my buddy and I, you know, kind of decided, well, let's just go blow their link up, right? Let's, why not? And this was uh, hundreds of miles away um, near uh, near Chicago. And they, they had claimed that it was located within a park. Okay. So we go to this park. Um, I'm driving on the back of my buddy's motorcycle um, with no helmet. Like, this is totally stupid <laughs> at nighttime to get, to get to this portal so that we can blow it up. Like, nothing is too far for me to do. Mm-hmm. And so we that. arrived at the location, and it turns out it's the Great Lakes Naval Base. Oh, okay. And it's it's access restricted by a wall and armed guards. Yeah. So I asked them, I said, you know, what do you need in order to get access to this facility? And they're like, well, unless you're with the military, then you're not permitted. Uh-huh. And I said, there's no public access to And they're like, no. And essentially, at that point, we had to leave. <laughs> And we went back. We had to, we just booked a motel because it was really late. Yeah. It was like 2 a.m. when we were there. And, and I was stewing about it, right? Because this is an issue that I brought up before where that they, they had used access-restricted locations where it's not really fair. If it's, if it's a public game and you're allowed to put a strategic item in that location that nobody can go to except for individuals that are members. Mm-hmm. So I decided at that time I was going to martyr my account. <laughs> To make a point because <laughs> it's a concern. This, okay. 
because the guy the guy was totally trolling me because we showed up there and I, I made a comment to them because there was an in-game chat mm-hmm. where you could message people mm. and he started taunting me saying basically there's nothing you can do about it <laughs> noob lol you know just taunting yeah. me the whole time and I said yeah. no I could do something about it if I wanted to and choosing not to uh-huh. because I don't believe that this process is fair yeah and I tried to make a quick appeal to you know the, the group at the top about this and they were indifferent about it saying it's not really a big deal mm-hmm. and uh i said that's fine so i ended up installing the gps spoofing on my game again and i said watch this and <laughs> so i go in there and i and i blow up their base and the guy's like what the heck and he's freaking out trying to figure out how i'm doing it and, and i said well i told you i could do it and i did it and <laughs> what i ended up doing at that point was immediately deleting my account and the goal here being that the last time they deleted my account in the very beginning, I wasn't able to reuse that name anymore. Mm. Okay. So I wanted to keep the same name. Mm. So, and I wanted them to know that it was me that did it at the same time. So I went in and I blew it up. I deleted my account. <laughs> and the goal here being that once my account was deleted, uh-huh. um, I could reissue a new account with my name after the account was deleted and start over. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I ended, I ended up doing that. But there was massive backlash from the community and like people were divided about this, right? About whether it was ethical what I did or not. Now to me, I paid the cost. I had to start all over again. Like this was a progress based game. Like you had gained experience and you had you had statistics that were stored in your account forever. So I lost a a lot of stuff when in doing that. But uh, that's when I stopped really taking the game seriously. And uh, maybe a year a year and a half later, they ended up hooking up with uh, Pokemon Company and then, right. you know, getting that whole thing started. But yeah, that that was my experience with Ingress and Melody. <laughs> <laughs> that was some V for Vendetta stuff, man. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> that, I didn't know what I was getting into with that, but that was great. That was um, fantastic. Okay, so you're telling me there's not there's not a documentary on this or <laughs> not yet. Like we're on the not ground. No, no, that's no. our job, Bob. That's our job. <laughs> no, no, but you can look it up. Like the mm-hmm. the uh, there were military personnel that were you know after I did yeah. this uh-huh. ended up posting on uh, like in, on the, in the media that this was happening and that they didn't want these these uh, portals on their bases and stuff like that. And to me, that you know further validated my my point. But to them. Um, to my knowledge, they never actually got rid of them, even when the military, like, uh-huh. Rass was telling them that they didn't want these things in their in their location. Just to be clear, when when Justin is saying he's blowing things up on a military base, it's all in a <laughs> game. It's all... It's ones and just, zeros. It's augmented <laughs> yeah. reality. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It's not the power grid. <laughs> uh, wow, that was wild. Yeah, um, I don't know how much we've talked about on the show, but I, I definitely have... Uh, uh, past experience with Ingress, like I, I, I did. Like it, it's just that that game is like, uh, it's like a lens into. It's like a social experiment of humanity in a, in a sense. There's so many things going on with that game. Um, like you're saying, like the bureaucracy, the groups that form. Yeah. The thing that I noticed when I was playing, and and so it sounds like you were on Resistance, the blue team. Initially, yeah. Okay, I was on the green team, so I guess we would have been enemies. I'm sure <laughs> glad I never crossed your path and <laughs> blew up a portal that you owned because yeah, sounds like I would have been messing with you. But um, yeah, so I, I I hooked up with the the green team here in Windsor. I 
they had a Google Plus group. Um, I think it was, I can't remember the name of it, but um, yeah, just like a really interesting community. They have little get togethers. Um, they'd have, like you were saying, like these, these cross faction meetups every once in a while, which they were telling me about, like could get a little tense because it's like teams versus teams, but everybody kept it friendly. Like when we would see each other out in, in the field, like it was very friendly and cordial and kind of just like, you know, like, oh, you're going for this one again. Oh, I'll see you in a few minutes. Kind of like, you know, making little digs at each other. Um, another thing I noticed was that, I don't, I don't know if you can speak to this, but there was like, um, um, this weird, like, uh, almost like propaganda happening between the two teams where they'd like uh, the, the blue team would call the green team frogs. The, the green team would call the blue team Smurfs. There was like this like animosity in that sense. Did you ever, did you ever encounter anything like that? Or was that just a, oh, yeah. Things? yeah. Oh, plenty, plenty of animosity. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like. Weird little... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just, it's just really interesting how, how, how that all works. And um, yeah, that was, the, those are cool experiences. I, I never chartered a boat and went to an Island. I think the, the craziest thing I did was just kind of like driving around the County, just putting up portals, but it was really just cool. And how like people are, are coordinating with each other. I remember there was like this, this big event where they like they just had this giant field over like most of north america and i think i heard it involved like someone like taking a boat out to the middle of this like island in france at the right time and just like all this coordinated crazy effort between people it was just like the really cool hook about the game but uh like you're saying it just unfortunately i think some people just saw it as like a marketing tool like you know most things in google it's 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 for the people playing are the products in the end. So um doesn't sound like they were, they were getting a lot of good treatment and, and, uh, you know, kind of helping the community out in that sense. So that's unfortunate that it kind of went that way, but man, they were some great stories. Oh my gosh. It had a lot of potential really. Yeah. Like how we looked at it was that they could have really used that data mm -hmm. that they were getting about, because most of the activity that people were doing, or let's say at least a lot of it was on foot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Google Maps, we always figured could utilize that data to find better walking paths, mm -hmm. paths that aren't necessarily, you know, evident from the map, right. but are paths that people could take um, by, you know, tracking that G their GPS location from where they're going and what path they're taking. It may be, you know, a shortcut to get to somewhere mm -hmm. and that they maybe could have offered that as an alternate route or there could have been a feature in Google Maps that could have done something like that. I but uh, that never really came to fruition. Like I said, they never, Google didn't seem really interested in Ingress, which hmm. to me was a huge misstep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate, but did, did you ever get into Pokemon Go at all? Or did you kind of stop um, at that point? I played it in the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess Ingress became similar in that it was a lot of pay to win. Yeah. Mm. And I threw some money at it in the beginning yeah. Yeah. and I ended up, um, you know, advancing pretty quickly in, in Yellowknife here. It was not very much competition. <laughs> yeah. And then out of nowhere, after, you know, putting like three or 400 bucks into it after a couple of weeks, wow. uh -huh. it ended up being that um, somebody just appeared out of nowhere, mm. like uh, three of them appeared out of nowhere in town. Mm -hmm. And at which point I realized, you know, something something's going on here. Weird. And it turned out that there was botting going on. And so I looked into it. I created an account uh, to bot and see what it did. Um, you know, it, loved, it it basically ran a console where it would it would perform all the functionality that you would normally get out of the the GUI, 
and the game and it would just do all that in the background while at a much faster rate mm-hmm. and i'm like well this isn't very much fun you know they've 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 allowed this this vulnerability to get through right. and i, I kind of lost interest at that point i so okay i i'm so interested in like your skill set being applicable to like spoofing like how old were you for when you're like that first week of ingress or whatever like when you're figuring this stuff out i think this is like nine years ago so i would have been yeah. 25 oh, okay mm-hmm. okay yeah yeah and yeah just uh just playing around seeing what the apis are doing i don't know like yeah i mean it wasn't it wasn't overly complicated it was it would just spoof your location figure out where you're going there were there were others that were using external devices and stuff like that to plug in fake bps coordinates um their detection became um very advanced from what i could find because because i always tested it and i never used it to my advantage after the initial time that it happened but i always tested it just to see what what level of you know protection that they had against it because it was a curiosity of mine you know if i if i want to play a game and i want to trust the integrity of the game i need to trust that they're you know putting countermeasures in place to stop it otherwise it's not like you said it's not fun and and i would see things that would happen and i'm like you know i'm standing right at a location and somebody's interacting with it and there's nobody there yeah mm-hmm. i'm like well I, I know something's going on at that point that is really yeah. interesting like that is really interesting like you have um you can observe like reality i'm just thinking like if if ingress wasn't the game like you can interact with the overlords of a reality like and that's the whole thing it was like an augmented reality game i think that's what we were talking about before. yeah i would say yeah. it was the first first successful ar game yeah for sure i think so yeah there there have been some minor ones before that but that was the first like big one yeah uh yeah something that was easily accessible to just regular people that kind of took off and had millions of users and yeah had, a, had an avid game base and but like yeah it was it was a really cool experiment like i, I still i still think about it and I just it was just live reliving all this this the memories of playing that game while, while justin was talking about his experiences so it's really cool to hear that yeah I, um, i'm so that's so exciting and there needs to be a documentary on it i'm not the person to do it but yeah uh, i think high, high score needs to do an episode yeah so. yeah i've done a lot of stuff in my life i've i've uh i've tried being a truck driver um i i hated it i my truck the guy that i ended up working for because I, I got my truck driving license when i was 21 wow. okay oh wow to get insured when you're 21 is almost impossible. It's, yeah. Mm. Um, so I ended up getting hired by this company. They ended up, it ended up being that they were smuggling drugs across the border. <laughs> and like, I tried to quit. No. And he tried to choke me. We got in like, uh, what? I decided that that was not the lifestyle for me. <laughs> oh my God. I don't I've gone through a lot of different careers and I would say the the best decision I ever made was to come up to Yellowknife but but that the path to get there has been anything but direct. I am fascinated by you as a human being. Like <laughs> this well, is we'll fantastic. have we'll have a month for another episode. Yeah, no, we're we're not going to spoil your entire life story yet, <laughs> but we'll but definitely it. have you back. Oh my 
God. That was great. That was a great sum- some... summation of that that experience. <laughs> but no, there, there's something like romantic I thought about, like even being a truck driver, like just kind of being on the road. Uh, yeah, there, it seems. No. <laughs> no, no, but I'm glad you're. you're... <laughs> like, yeah, so it was, yeah, not that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very lonely life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Again, I was probably pretty depressed when I was thinking this is going to be awesome. No need for a family. <laughs> Just on the <laughs> romantic. Just me in yeah. a track in an open road. Yep, yep, People yep. People choking me over drug deals. <laughs> what a dream. It, it, um, just like in terms of like a genre game, is there is there a type of game that you really like or gravitate towards? I love RPGs. Okay. RPGs are tons of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, they just, uh, they've, become rather boring or linear to me Hmm. as of late i don't see i don't see a lot of diversity in rpg games anymore and if maybe it's just my my thought processes have developed to a certain point where i can kind of see where everything's going but i don't see a purpose to to grinding these rpgs if the if the only purpose is to to be content that is simply more difficult mm. and it, like i'm looking i'm looking for something mm. that would evolve from a and a complexity perspective where right. you, know, you might be dealing with simplified mechanics like world of warcraft was a great mmo yeah. um, for a while yeah and then it became very uh watered down yeah and uh you know blizzard ended up uh selling out and then they became very uh focused on revenue mm-hmm. that's that's ultimately like the death knell i think of any video game hmm. content creator is when they they don't focus on the game content they focus on how much money they can make and i, and I get it yeah i mean it makes sense that's what every company does right eventually yeah. right but once you start doing that your product ends up suffering and that that happened with world of warcraft it happens with every game and even the gaming industry in general now I find is suffering from that where mm-hmm. it's all going to, you know, DLC subscription content mm-hmm. based. Um, like it's, it's not really, you buy the game and then you have the game anymore and then you're paying mm-hmm. for an expansion or something like that. It's just mm-hmm. like you're, you're constantly throwing money at the game and it ends up being more expensive over time or you, you know, you get locked out of these features. And that was, that was, that's one of the, the, things that i like about dota mm. and when i compare it to league of legends i, I consider dota to be the superior, the superior product because they give you full access to everything you need from a competitive standpoint mm. when you start you okay. have full access to anything you want and right. you don't need to invest time to unlock any in-game mechanics to do better right whereas i mean your skill will improve the longer you're playing, obviously. But with League of Legends, you know, there's there's uh, item uh, modifications that you can make within the game. Your you know your heroes gain other abilities. I, I don't recall the specifics about League, but I do recall that you don't have access to all of them. And like when you start, you know, you have a, a select pool to choose from. So it just it's just really limiting, and it kind of forces you to pay with your time in playing the game. And it, to me, it doesn't feel like a fair landscape when new players are being forced to play within the confines of what's offered to them as opposed to what they want to choose. So mm-hmm. Dota was like more like chess where like you kind of know what the pieces do and you can learn what the pieces do. But... Right. And you would figure it out by playing them. Okay. And so, you know, if you played against a particular you know character and you wanted to 
to, to see what that character did, you could easily do so. Mm. Whereas if you played against a particular character in League of Legends when you start, you couldn't do that. Mm. You'd have to you know unlock them by either playing the game to enough or you could pay mm-hmm. and then you could unlock it. And that that to me never felt fair. Okay. Yeah, you have a you have a sense of justice that uh, is very <laughs> strong. It seems game justice. Oh, that was fantastic. <laughs> a very well played episode. Yes, well played, my friend. Well played.